Boomkit Industries proudly presents the Dixie Hello, everybody. Seth Adam Sher. Adventure Theater. Yes, that's Seth Adam Sher. He's wonderful. Yay, Seth. Yay. And Jeffrey. Jeffrey's wonderful, too. Yay, Jeffrey. I am so wonderful. You are such I bow at your feet. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Anyway, we're here for the commentary podcast of episode 17 of the Dixie Stenbergen Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. <gasps> All in one breath. That's right. You know what's odd? What's that? You know, more actually more serious, and yet I find it to be the funniest episode we've had. Well, I don't know. Nor do we, One of the funniest episodes we've had. Well, in, in my opinion, of all of them that have been actually produced, mm-hmm. I never laughed as hard at any of them as I did at this one. <laughs> well, thank you. It was well-written and well-produced. Give ourselves a hand. And this is the first uh, regular episode with Mark Saracor as Frank McGuff. After he had the delectable, what, two lines from episode 16. <laughs> welcome, Mark. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, this this one uh, was one of those episodes that just kind of fell together. It didn't really... It didn't take that, that much to produce. Um, some episodes can be uh, terribly complex... As, right, absolutely. absolutely, as you know. Um, but this one just kind of, it, it, it kind of produced itself almost. That's pretty swell. If they would keep doing that, you could just sit back and relax. Yeah, I'm serious. You know, when I wrote this scene, I didn't think it would come off. As funny as it did, but I think the uh, uh, kudos there go to uh, Anthony Pacelli, Joey. I don't know. He just um, oh, absolutely. Some of those, you know, the whole closet lines and stuff. He just uh, I don't know. Made it a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. They all brought their they they continue to bring their A games to this. Oh yeah, I wanted to mention. I love that noise when she slams him up against the plane. That's why I use that clip uh, for the uh, preview and twip. I love the sound effect there. That's very nice job. I I wanted to make almost the same slamming into the plane noise that she did to <coughs> that she did to Fernberg in the first episode. Right, that's what I was I was trying to mirror that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So was I. <laughs> Relax, Dix. Your plane is up front. Keep walking. Dixie walked through the hangar, weaving around the other planes, and came to a stop before her thunderbolt. Thank you for more lines, by the way. (laughs) As the episodes progress, I seem to be getting more and more lines. Yeah, like in 20, when you're like most of the first six pages. Oh yeah, I love that, by the way. My plane ain't sparkling as much as normal. Thank you, thank you. You folks have something to look forward to. It's mostly Seth talking for six pages. Yeah. Just about 60 My moment in the sun. But it's certainly going to make you Or in the studio. Dixie is always flying lead anyway, so it's not like that would give anything away to Scott. There's a little bit of a uh, story, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not a hint, it's a little foreshadowing, it's a little, I don't know, but a little bit about, you know, the brassy plating and the, the ebony plating meshing and 
There's a reason for all What's that about? Oh, you already know. I think I told you in an IM, didn't I? You kept pestering me, and I think I caved and finally told you. No, you didn't, actually. I didn't? Master of the T's. I told you something. Maybe it was my shoe size. I don't know. It was um, 11. What? No, that's mine. Never mind. What? Yeah, you know the plan. It wasn't done right. Does anyone know what he's talking about? And this is the last episode for John Solzbach as Cornelius, right? That's correct. Uh, next month we have Scotty Vinicombe stepping in as the wily Cornelius. So, farewell, John Solzbach. We hardly yes, knew you. You were fantastic. We loved you. But, Scotty, I'm very much looking forward to, to hearing you as, as Cornelius. I haven't heard any lines by him yet, so uh, it'll be a complete surprise to me, which should be pretty cool. Well, actually, within the next week, I hope to have 18 sewn up, so you'll be able to get to hear him then. Hopefully. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Fernberg really likes to read off lists. Yes, he does. I like to give him as many as possible because I just like hearing Pete read them off. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one we put Nev in. Of course that one. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. But why would you do that? So we can follow her back. I love that, Joey. I'm going to smack you into Saturday. Remember? That's not what we were doing. We were just keeping her locked up until we figured out. I originally was going to put something in there about like slapping him into next Tuesday, since Dixie was always coming out on Tuesdays. But then, <laughs> yeah. By the time I was writing this, we'd already decided that uh, in 2007, you know, since we have so many shows now, Dixie's moving to Mondays, and so that wasn't going to work, and slapping you into next Monday, but it comes out on a Tuesday, wasn't going to work, so I just went on Saturday and said, help me at all. Whoops. You've got to find it. I hope we have a better time slot on Monday. That's a better day to be released. We're not going against anything except maybe Monday night football. Better ratings. <laughs> That's right, that's right. <laughs> Once again, M. Sierra Garcia, who I had the pleasure of meeting this uh, this past week. In Reston, Virginia. Hope you got a lot of resting in. <laughs> Actually, I did. Thank you very much. It was very um, restful. Yeah. I love the way Pete gets all indignant with her here when she accuses him of being a traitor. It's beautiful. Freudenberg's very sensitive about that, you know, being from Germany with the Nazis and all. And, and, and his first name. Yeah, he's very sensitive about that, too, still. Well, I mean, come on. With a name like Friedemann Freudenberg, you're going to be sensitive. I don't know how many, if you picked it out, um, but just there, before, right before she started saying, why am I hearing planes? There are planes in the background. I wasn't sure how loud they should be. Yeah, you know what? I think I missed those the first time I listened to it. I was like, she's supposed to be hearing planes, but, you know, I have a screaming toddler in the background a lot of the time, so oh, don't yeah. go by me. That's true. And now, a word from our sponsor, the Germain Umket Industry. How many adjectives can we find to describe Umket Industries? Oh, a plethora. Now, I must say, on uh, in this commercial, um, Pete Mylan sent me two different reads for his lines. 
in this in this commercial. He sent me one as as himself as as Freudenberg, and he also sent me one as Freudenberg as if he were in the studio stiffly reading a script, like he didn't want to do the uh, the the commercial. Right, and I like the way uh, uh, Perry did it with Benny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me. I thought that this this version was better, the just oh, more comfortable it version. Up. It is now my favorite commercial that we've ever had. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> Pete, his line reads are just so perfect. Yes, he is. More lists. Wait a minute, the squeaky silverware, that's the robot's footsteps, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, I threw that in there as just a little odd. <laughs> I thought about using some, like, German patriotic music back here for, for Voidenberg, but we don't use any music in the commercials except for the triplets, so I thought better safe than sorry. Yeah. In case it didn't actually work and take up too much time trying to do. Because I'm lazy. <laughs> By the way, the line in here about perhaps you've been handed some hedeprin in an envelope. Yes. Again, directly out of an OTR ad. Yes, I meant to was, ask. It was so ridiculous. I I was just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, so you, I had to put it in. Do you have so that who ad? Who give you an envelope full of pills? Do you have that ad? Do I have that ad? I'm, of course I have it. The question is, can I remember which one it was? That's the trick. Like last month, you know, if you wanted to play the ad after the episode and we'd comment on it. That would be cool, if I can find it. <sighs> now, see, if, if you remind me of this ahead of time next month, I can pull the, the ad or however many ads I base them off of out ahead of time. But, uh, me? Ahead of time? That's too much work. <laughs> hmm... And Julie Goldstein over the phone. Yes, the robot calls in. Or the robot. Instead Sorry. of Mrs. Scalzetti, who's usually on the phone. Yes, a mention of our first ever commercial yeah. product. See, this ties back into the uh, first episode. Several. Full circle. <laughs> That's so cool. Kristen Bays, you are amazing. She's a goddess. All three of you. Yes. We now return to our program in the skies over Southern California. Now, in this one, you'll notice that the uh, the SCAR planes, or the SCAR planes, they have uh, slightly different uh, communications. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're I, I filtered slightly differently, and the, the end crackle is different. Were they the same before in previous episodes? I don't remember. No, this is the first time we've had the the scar planes. Oh, so where they're communicating with each other in in flight. Right. Okay. But you'll notice when they jump in on Dixie's circuit, they still have the exit squawk that the the P-47s use. Right. Because they're coming in over her channel. They put so much thought into it. Yeah. I try to be as detailed as possible, while not like totally going mental. And um, I must give kudos here to David Alexander McDonald for an, a wonderful turn as Walter Falkenstein. He makes you love him, doesn't he? He's just so lovable. He's, he's given Volker a run for his money as the most lovable Nazi. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think the Scar Troopers would have something to say about that, though. 
Oh, I don't know if they're as lovable as they are laughable. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love them. Well, I do too, but I don't know if they're as cuddly. You know, I've, I've heard people say Volker, you know, he's kind of cuddly. and You just want to hug him, even though he's a Nazi. So I don't know if you really want to hug the Scar Troopers. You had to throw in that mental defectives lines again. I love mental defectives. It's, it just screams Billingsley to me, so... Well, it works for him. And then the action starts. The uh, background music was another selection from G.I. Jive. Oh, I'm so in love with that program. Oh, yes. Actually, in the the next episode, I'll also be using some music from the show California Melodies. Ooh. Which was a... um, Which displayed um, national orchestras um, across the country, of course. Duh. Um, In a radio show from the early 40s. And you'll hear them next month. The um, sound of Nebulon's wheels. She doesn't have feet in this. She has wheels. She has one. She has one wheel. Just one. One big wheel. That sound, the swishing, is actually of uh, windshield wipers. Moving back and forth. Actually, you know, I didn't originally. This is an interesting little tidbit. I didn't originally plan for Nebulon to have wheels, or a a wheel instead of feet, but when uh, Kristen was doing concept art, and you know, she she did the robot and all of the the battalion members and and Mm -hmm. Billingsley and everything, she did one for Nebulon uh, after Nebulon first debuted, and she gave her a wheel because she just, I I don't know, you'd have to check with her why she put it down there, but I absolutely loved it, and I was like, no, we're going to keep that, keep the wheel, it's awesome. Well, in this, it works for her, because she swishes so nicely. Oh, we talked right over the entire part where the whole battalion gets grounded, except for Dixie. We were in a Nebulon moment. Oh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> that was a brilliant laugh for Dave. Thank you. With a year's worth of pent-up frustration coursing through her veins, Dixie flew like a woman possessed. I was born for this. I hope I gave the right uh, environment sounds of the of the action. I like You want me? Coming. It sounds pretty good to me. Yay, aerial combat! Woo! Dodging and weaving through the sky, Billings. Let's see, um, there was a P-51 Mustang on one side, the, the, the close-by passes, and um, another of the sounds I used um, was of a, a Cessna flying by. Those are the, the, the flybys that you hear. Boy, had the brassy battalion members take shelter in the hangar. Freudenberg emerges with the robot in tow. Danger, danger, danger. Whoa, wait, alarm. Yeah, we know danger, danger. <laughs> Everyone once again brings their A game to this episode. Everyone's so, like, I think, comfortable in their characters. 
they well, can yeah, I've been playing it almost what, like a year and a half now. Oh yeah, but it all just came together so wonderfully. You're gonna have to write those up, you know. <laughs> no, I'm too busy. Darn. Besides, then I'd have to reference it anytime I want to bring another one up, and this way I can just make them up, so, you know. Ah. It's called the lazy way. <laughs> hey, that works for me. Now, I tried to give the uh, the voices here in the uh, the underground room a little bit of an echo. I'm not sure if it came out uh, as well as I thought, but it was supposed to be just like a, a, a small underground room. Yeah, Cavern. That's, that's kind of what I saw when I was yeah, writing it, although I thought the crank would be a little bigger. Yeah, sounded mm-hmm. like a kind of a tiny crank. Not, not that it was a problem. I, just, I, I thought it was funny. It'd be a tiny crank to pull this heavy. It is funny. I laughed when I heard it, and I was like, why is it so small? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it, we laughed, then I guess that served its purpose. Yay. A job well done. And then you hear out the window this, you know, huge gears and door, this huge door yes, opening up from that the that and the ground cracking and the doors opening. That stuff was all really, really good. That's some of the the effects I recycled from episode 12 of the uh, the castle crumbling. Ah. Reusing sound effects is a good thing, boys and girls. Oh, yeah, I love the shooting sounds here, too. I don't know... Uh, maybe in 12 we did hear. Did mm-hmm. we hear the AA guns firing from the castle in 12? Yeah, I don't remember yeah. now. We, there was we, so much going on, though. I think they kind of got lost. And here you can hear them uh, much more, you know, uh, clearly because they're just by themselves. And I really uh, I really like them. Oh, why, thank you. Yes, they are um, some of the same sounds that I used in 12 uh, for the anti-aircraft guns. Um, clearer now, of course, as yes, you said. Much less going on right now. Although... It's interesting because this episode really just makes me uh, really, really excited for all the episodes coming up, more so than usual, because Uh-oh. kind of from this one, it all goes directly into 20. I mean, it's just 17 right to 18, 19, 20 straight in. There's not a whole lot of uh, extra time in there. It's just yeah. every, all the episodes lead right into each other. Yeah, it's a great little arc story that you kind of clean up really well. Well, sort I haven't of. cleaned it up yet. We'll see how 21 goes. <laughs> <laughs> or is I kind of left things in a bit of a mess at the end of 20, if you notice. As you do, yes, but but yeah. they all tied in wonderfully in that, that small, that 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 section of the Season 2 storyline. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm still not sure exactly where Season 2 is going to end. Uh, I don't think it's going to be 21 now. At first I thought it might be 20 when I started writing it, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen, so now I'm thinking maybe 22? I'm not sure. I don't know if it's going to make it to 24 or 25. Ah. Well, let me know. You'll know as soon as I do, which is probably once I write that script to be like, hey, guess what? This is the end of season two. <laughs> it's not going to be July 4th again, is it? No, I don't think it's... No, it's not going to make it better. Oh, well. Here it comes. Wait for it. Wait for it. This was a hard one to work out, because how do you get her to end with just Amber Avenger? I, I had the Amber Avenger. I'm like, that doesn't end it the way every other episode ends. It's got to just be the alliteration two words. Yeah. That's why I had to throw in Billingsley trying to kind of goad her a little bit. Which made it funnier. I'm glad you thought. <laughs> and I love her response. It's just cruel and all mean, like what that is. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. What's going to happen to me? I must know. Someone tell me. <laughs> all right, Mary 
Who was that? Oh, which one is it? Is it 19? Where uh, Billingsley really gets the goods? I think it's 19, isn't it? Um, I'll have to go back and read it again. Um, that's yeah. one I still need to do the lines for. <laughs> it's much more seriously harmed than just punches. <laughs> yes, and he, he sent this one with those, uh, those pill capsule sounds in it. John awesome. is Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. Goodbye, John. Hi, John. You were awesome. Fare thee well. Thank you. Good hunting. Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. What about me? I'm very smart. Uh. Right? Ask his mother. What? Are you still sore about that closet thing? Sorry. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. This was the first episode, too, where uh, Joey says, ah, gherkin, wasn't it? Yeah, actually. Uh, I think that was the first one. Yeah, I'm going to make that a little catchphrase of his. I, I don't know. I really... I just think it's hilarious that he's a, uh, you know, Italian boy using a... Uh, <laughs> word for a cucumber as a swear. I don't know. <laughs> me. I think it fits. Yeah, he does have a love affair with food. Hmm. Maybe he learned it from Esmeralda. Um, maybe not. I'm not saying anything. Justin I would only my feelings of her. Yes, is she going to go on a writer rampage? Oh, you you need to check those future scripts and check the credits in there. Well, I've 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 seen nineteen and twenty, so I know potentially yeah. something that happens, but not everything that could happen. Hint, hint. <coughs> yeah. I thought about adding some plain backgrounds to this, like they are they are actually suspended. Right. Right. But no. Kevin Hoskins as Radolf Pelzer. I hate you, Bata. I like you too, Radolf. Oh, it's gold. That, uh, that I, that, that, that Kevin Hoskins does right there at the end, um, that frustrated sound at Walter, was actually originally a, a take of his saying, I hate you, Walter. <laughs> but it works so well as a frustrated sound. I had to use it. Very nice repurposing. Why, thank you. Ah, and hot robot on robot action. Finally! Which was all, oh. you know, metallic clangs and, and metal baseball bats coming together. And, uh, There's a little more in the next episode, but you'll have to hold off for the big one. Ooh. They dip so well. Another little in-joke for those of you who've been around for a while. Thank you for throwing that in, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I could listen to the triplets sing all day. Send us more of those recording sessions, Kristen. Those are great. 
Oh, yeah, I should mention that. In TWIP next week, I'm going to put a little recording thing that uh, Kristen sent in to Seth about uh, how she figures out the tunes for all the different little songs she has to sing. And I thought it was really, really cool. So you can look for that in TWIP next Sunday. Went right over Nebulon's little um, add-on that Amanda sent me. Oh, I'm stinky little flesh creatures. Yes, yeah, she kind of whispered it. I, I remember that now. Yes, it was very nice, Amanda. Sorry I talked over it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do-do-do.